Welcome to Shelving Cart. I'm Sarah. And I'm Teddy. And we're here to have a podcast book club with each other and all of you. And usually we talk about a specific book, but... Today, we will be talking about banned books. And to help us talk about banned books is my friend and colleague, Ashley. She is a librarian, and she's also an archivist, and she also did a dual degree in library and information science and history, and she knows a lot about banned books, so we brought her on to talk about it. Party. Hi, Ashley. Hi, guys. (laughs) Thanks for coming. It is an honor and a privilege. (laughs) We just have a couple questions and then we're going to do a little bit of a game that we have the honor of Ashley having prepared a game for us because she knows that we love a point system. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ashley, why don't to start start us off, give us like a little bit of um, background history on book bannings, how they started in this country. Oh, I went back further than that. Oops. Okay. We're we're going in. I'm so sorry. You can't invite a history person on a podcast and not expect just like a little bit extra. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's what I wanted actually. So so yeah, book bans have unfortunately always been a thing. Um, I feel like maybe the uh, alliteration of the phrase book bans makes it feel like a very modern... Um, American pastime, but book bans, book burnings, book challengings, general like restriction of access to knowledge, information, books have been around as long as there have been like power control, hierarchy, information that should not be shared with everybody. So... In short, we crawled out of the primordial ooze, created farming, and then restricted access to information, and now we're here. (laughs) There's your, your, like, (laughs) too long didn't read (laughs) version of book banning. (laughs) Blame farming. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So I actually found the first, like, or what is considered to be the first book ban in what was the Americas, because it wasn't the United States yet. Um, And one thing to say about book bans is that even today they're horribly underreported. So this is just the one we know about. Um, And it was in 1699. Yeah. (laughs) It was a book called The New English canon i'm assuming because it's c-a-n-a-a-n canon um by thomas morton and basically the puritanical massachusetts government said this has anti-puritan ideas in it and we don't like that we don't want people reading it and so they banned the book and it originated in quincy massachusetts so very very topical for us (laughs) Yep. You got it. (laughs) 
pretty much. So anything that had ideas in it that were alternate to those in power or might not be favored by the masses, so anything but particularly regarding different religions, different sexualities, offensive language, stuff that might be considered quote-unquote bad for children, all of those like the same hot topic button issues that we talk about today were the same reasons we have always banned books. Like there's something different that can be learned in this book about a whole plethora of ideas. We don't want to hear it. We're going to ban this book. Um, so probably like the most well-known example, of course, is like World War II Nazi book burning of like Jewish and trans knowledge in particular is probably the one that people draw the most parallels to, especially with all of the book bannings of um, like trans and queer ideas right now. Um, but we also see it like, I blame the Civil War for everything as someone who's, well, farming in the Civil War, I have to blame for all of our issues. Um, <laughs> I blame the Civil War for most of America's issues because as a historian, that's what all of my research like focuses around. So I recognize my bias in that. But yeah, even during the Civil War, the Union armies, like the Union government would ban Confederate stuff. And then the Confederate government would turn around and ban Union stuff. So it's just, we're doing the same thing over and over yeah. again. There's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> it's just the same cycle happening. Exactly. Over and over exactly. again. Yeah. No wonder Ray Bradbury wrote Fahrenheit 451. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out Ray was really addressing a real issue. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so I want to talk about modern book banning, and I want to talk about, of course, what's going on with, like, Moms for Liberty and No Left Turn and, like, all of these scary organizations. And I also want to talk about this idea that, like, has sort of permeated, like, it's come up for me multiple times in my work as a public librarian where people are asking for the removal also of books that, that they see as, like, socially problematic from a liberal perspective. Um, this has happened twice um, in the last year for me. Um, and I'm curious also if we could open a conversation about both of those things. Um, so hit me with what's going on right now. Yeah, so what I will say is that I feel like the last couple years of book bannings, if we look at like stats alone, like percentage argued like a numbers of book bans are historically an irregularity. I don't know if that makes us feel worse or better. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> because for a number of years before 2021, the number of book bans was like actively declining. Like we were doing pretty good about being chill with stuff for a hot minute, which feels weird after 2016. But for like a brief flickering moment, we were like, maybe we're okay just having people read books. Maybe we're okay yeah. with that. Um, but I think in conjunction with the pandemic and the general media war and the sort of extremist like frenzy of everything really just stirred people up and people have glommed onto this. It's just like a way we can 
protect protect our children, protect our ideals. And the thing about book bans is once a book is banned at a particular location, most places don't have a process to repeal that ban or to change it. And so it's in many ways kind of just low-hanging fruit for all of these faux activism groups trying to protect their ideals because it's it's an easy win in a lot of ways because it's harder to argue against getting a book banned than it is to argue for getting something banned. I just w- was going to say that I also feel like in our lifetimes this book banning in say in Florida where they're actually taking like the government is taking sh- books off of the shelves is a level of book banning that is completely new to our our age group because I, I remember growing up talking about books that were banned like people banning harry potter because they thought it promoted uh witchcraft satanism satanism yeah. and witchcraft right you know and and everybody would be like haha that's ridiculous and then like move on right and now it's like their actual books are taken off of the shelf in florida so i feel like that it's like a whole new level like you were saying of book banning that's not just on a individual like library to library basis or school to school basis but a whole state of book banning right yeah i i have very similar memories of like going to my public library and not even thinking about it like i grew up in a very like relatively rural relatively conservative area in the midwest and book bans were not a thing we joked about harry potter um of course but no one was running into our public library and i worked at that public library in high school too never once do i remember 10 years ago there being a challenge of a book and i can only imagine (laughs) what they're getting challenged now yeah with the harry potter example i mean i definitely knew people in high school who were like oh i never could read harry potter when i was a kid because my parents said it promoted witchcraft but the banning was much more like quote-unquote banning was much more on like a parental basis like on the right. the home home basis of saying parents saying i don't want you reading that which is like a whole different I, thing yeah. you know that's like i guess parental prerogative right and you're right. inside of your there's, own home yeah there's been a definite shift i think in how we think about libraries as like i think before And, you know, this hasn't been forever. Like, obviously, libraries were sort of founded with the principle of being, like, didactic institutions. And books in the library were selected specifically to, like, teach the poor how to be people. Like, that was, like, a whole thing in public libraries. And I think, you know, as we shifted away from that, there was this sort of period that was, like, libraries are where there's everything. If you don't want everything, you don't go to the library. Um, but now there's this shift of like, I should be able to go to the library and not find things that I disagree with. Um, and that's like the particularly scary part. Um, you know, we're talking a lot about Massachusetts. I'm working now in Pennsylvania and that's where like, there's a huge hotbed of Moms for Liberty just sort of like taking not only school libraries on but also public libraries so bucks county libraries experienced a lot of pushback from moms for liberty and it's just sort of like and they also had their annual conference 
in Philadelphia and that was like a whole thing also. So like, you know, you're really seeing this intensive push for libraries to be the censoring body through the like activism of these groups, um, which is deeply concerning and also a shift that we should name. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I think I showed both of you the, the interview of the five like young girls in Florida who were talking about their, they went on to their local news talking about the, all of their favorite books being taken off of the shelves. Um, and the part, I think part of that, I mean, the whole thing, the whole interview really got me, but it was like, they were saying they're not letting us read above our prescriptive grade level. So these these precocious like ten year olds were like the only books these little uses yes right. like exactly like these little versions of us I like I read of mice and men when I was in fifth grade like you know like kids do some some shit where they just are reading books that are above their grade level because they're curious and there's nothing wrong with that but they. These kids were saying, like, the only thing they have is, like, Junie B. Jones books, which is below our grade level. They're, like, you know, in the way only a nine-year-old could say that. They're, like, those books are for, like, first graders, okay? You know? Those books are for babies. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know? And it's alarming to have – it's not only things that they disagree with. It's saying, we want to stamp down your intellectual curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. No, terrifying. Um. I want to come back to this question of like banned books as a general problem, like not just something that the right does. And I think disproportionately the right absolutely is banning books about like queer and black people, right? Like we can acknowledge 100% fullheartedly that this is like consistently an issue that's coming from like fascism. And then there's also this weird little wing of like, this is not good for a social justice perspective and therefore it should also be banned. Um, And I guess I see a certain danger in that too. Um, You know, again, we are talking like thousands to like a couple dozen, (laughs) but like, it is something interesting that like I want to challenge because like in my perspective and I don't know about you two like any book band is a danger to democracy and like what how are we feeling about I'm taking yeah. a temperature check. No, I I agree. I think any any book ban is bad. Um, objectively. Wow, hard stance from the guest speaker today. Book bans are bad. <laughs> I'm going to be brave and say book bans exactly. are bad. Um, but I think, and this could be like the historian, like muse- museum person in me, that anything should be accessible within the right context. And I think that's important. I think bad books and like the you know quote unquote bad ideas that some of them contain should be accessible because we can learn from those things and what 
I think we can see that, you know, on both sides of this <laughs> debate, um, where the right may be banning things they find offensive, but liberals and the left, if we want to go however we want to phrase it, um, are also banning things they feel might hurt them or be offensive to them. And I think it's important that we as a society remember that we have the ability to critically think and intake different ideas. And we also can choose to just simply not intake those ideas and ignore them. And a book simply existing does not give anyone the permission to remove it from the rest of the population because of how an individual might perceive that book. Like, we're fully formed humans with thoughts, and especially with, like, those five children in Florida who are trying to learn how to read and grow more ideas. Like, you do that by reading something that challenges you. And if you're never challenged while you're reading, you never get to grow, and you never get to learn how to think, and that's the government's goal, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, I definitely agree it, because I also feel like in libraries now there's like always the, uh, I think like the ethics question of like, should you open up the library? Like if a, like a, like a hate group is like, Hey, can I host space at the library? Yeah. It's like a classic question you get in library yeah, school, it, by the way. Be prepared. Right. Which uh, my answer is no, they should not be at the library. But with when it comes to books, like I think it's a completely different thing. Like actual pieces of information versus like giving a hate group a meeting spot feels very different to me. Um, but the actual information is there for because a library is a place that can present information um and then you also have like if somebody picked like say somebody picked up a book as a kid that they didn't agree with or like they were reading it and they were talking about those ideas at the library like theoretically there would be a librarian to talk to about those ideas too which is very different it like enhances the critical thinking than like information presented as fact you know um, which is like the the information literacy and the critical thinking skills that a library can really help foster now only if it's properly funded um and we as we see like my i think my biggest concern is like as we see um book bannings increasing and public library funds decreasing it's like the tools to combat combat it and put up a good front is are going down while libraries get defunded like the news this week that the new york public library is going to be closed on the weekends because they're cutting the budget the education budget um yeah so i think those are the concern like i have more concerns about like the the live like librarian as like a an information professional being able to help stop banning fight against banning and also like have enough staffing to have those kind of conversations in the library i think those are the those things make me feel very unsettled but to get back to your question teddy no those books should be on the shelves i mean think about it if you go into like an like a very general like indie bookstore like the books are on the shelves there 
too. You know, I was in the bookstore yesterday and I was, I was like going through one section and I was like, oh, there's in the psychology section is like the Jordan Peterson book, book that he wrote, you know, like (laughs) it's like, and I don't feel like people, I mean, I might be wrong and Ashley or Teddy, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like people have the same like level of vitriol when it comes to a bookstore, you know, because they see the bookstore as like, okay, well you choose to take that in that information and can prevent it because it costs money, right? But public library, they're like, well, because it doesn't cost money, therefore you're making me do it. You're making me engage with this, you know? Which, like, in my head, like, giving money to Jordan Peterson is worse than checking out his book at the library, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, well, then we're getting into also, like, the American vision of library as neutral space. Yeah. Right? that conflicts directly with librarian as expert. Um, I think there's like this thing that happens where it's like libraries should be inherently neutral and also everything a librarian offers you represents their point of view because they're teaching you. Yeah. And that is like a deeply troubling paradox, I think for a lot of librarians Um, and can only sort of be, picked apart with like intentional conversations with patrons and like community members. Uh, and again, you need funding to do that. And like, yeah, uh, it's very difficult, but like, right. There's sort of this notion that if a librarian is offering access to something, it means that they endorse it. Um, I've had to buy plenty of books that I'm like, gross. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but I will certainly offer this, you know, it's, Sort of, like, I don't know if this, like, I work a lot in collections, so, like, this is something that I, like, think about a lot when I'm buying books, is, like, just sort of, like, as my own political (laughs) body that, like, cannot separate itself from, like, desiring to be safe, I, like, have this little moment where I hope and pray where I'm, like, man, I hope whoever is reading this Mitt Romney biography is doing it because they want to, like, know thine enemy as opposed to, like, picking up hot tips for how to be a Mormon conservative. But, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, and but I have to buy it anyway. And then there's this sort of, like, yeah. And then, like, what do you do about, like, neutrality when you're facing down so much disinformation? Like, I'm not going to buy that book. What is it? It's, like, what is a woman or whatever that, like, anti-trans, like, yeah fascist nonsense like i'm not buying that because it's disinformation yeah Um, well there's a difference there's a difference you know like yeah and but sometimes that middle gets a little great i mean you know mitt romney talking about being um in the senate he's a senator right i just i don't know or governor i don't know whatever mitt romney being in the united states government like and talking about his experience in that, like, there's a truth, there's, like, a truth to that, right? Even if we disagree with what he's doing, but the falsities about, tra- like, being trans and the war on women as a gender, as a cisgender, is fake, <laughs> you know? So there's, like, a huge, there's a huge difference there, but, I mean, I guess plenty of people would say that that would be my my leftist point of view on that, so... Who knows? You know, I mean, that that book could be in a library, like a conservative part of the country in a library in a conservative part of the country. So I don't know. 
But I think librarians also like fall into this trap of being like, I do have to buy everything because I'm supposed to be neutral. It's like the journalistic and trap then, too. It's like the neutral journalist yes. trap. Yeah. And they don't think critically about what is disinformation. Like I, in my old library system, I know that people bought that book. Yeah. And like circulated it. And it was because I, you know, I, I have yet to meet a librarian that feels that that book like accurately represents anything. Yeah. But I have met librarians that have felt like they owe it to their patrons to buy that book. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But would that be, but I feel like that's like, are there any books on like from a QAnon perspective in libraries, you know? Mm-hmm. No, that's a good question. Because th- that right, save the children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Okay. Well, mm. Ashley, do you have more in your notes that you haven't been um, able to get out yet? I do have one thing. While we're on the topic of kind of like collection oh, yes. development in books, um, yeah. Yep. While I was like pecking away on the internet Friday night, typing up my notes, um, I came across this interesting discussion about using AI in like chat GPT to determine whether or not a book should be banned. And I wanted to know if you oh guys had God. like heard about this and what your thoughts were. Chat GPT is a joke. Right. Okay. So here's, here's my feeling. I have heard about this. I think it's completely bonkers. I think it comes directly from the defunding of libraries. If a library is understaffed, they do not have time to read their Publishers Weekly, their School Library Journal, their Library Journal, their book list. Like, they don't have time. And they're facing an immense amount of pressure to know everything about every single book they buy. So I understand why it's happening. It makes me want to throw up. Like, (laughs) literally vomit. Because, like, that's... Okay, ChatGPT has been documented when it doesn't know, it doesn't have access to things, it makes stuff up. <laughs> like it's not a real, it's not a search engine. It's not, it's not a person. Like it will just make shit up. That's its thing. Like it's, it's fine. Um, using it as an actual tool to do critical thinking for you is intensely problematic. Please never, never, never use ChatGPT to make collections decisions for you. It doesn't know shit you presumably have at least a college degree you know more i feel like gpt does i feel like at least do a quick google and then find like one blog by an, a person if you need a it, it, if you need to get your critical thinking from elsewhere at least get it from a yes. person you know yes <laughs> yes like honestly your understanding of a book just looking at the title who wrote it and the blurb is more than chat gpt has yeah it doesn't know do not use... It's just a computer. Your, it's just a computer. Yeah. Don't use ChatGPT. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I find that deeply terrifying. And it is happening in places that are like facing an immense amount of pressure. And they're like, well, I don't know. I guess we have to use the tools available to us. It's not actually a tool. It's not equipped to do that. Dude. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Teddy, that I brought this up. <laughs> no, I know. It's like... Yeah, it's deeply, it's deeply um, troubling to me, but also, like, thank you for saying something because, yeah, gross. Ashley, did you find, like, any information about how it's going when people are doing that? So, the scariest part about what I 
was like briefly reading on this and this was like a surface skim i i did not go in because i was like yeah. i will be swallowed whole and i will never emerge so the scary thing about this was that it was saying that some, it's not the librarians necessarily that are using this to determine if a book should be banned it's that the parents or the person who wants to ban the book who is already seek, seeking oh, like confirmation God. for their own biases are like typing into the chat gpt is x title sexually explicit and then chat gpt you know crawls whatever text it has available to it and spits out an answer that is just made up and then their confirmations are confirmed and then they get to run to their local public library and go yank this off the shelf my child is reading free porn so that's terrifying because there's already so much disinformation about how ChatGPT and other AI work, and then we're intermingling it with the disgustingness of book bans and the misinformation about libraries and how to consume knowledge, and it's just it's some unholy offspring, I think. Okay, well, I just asked ChatGPT the question. The first book I could think of was Killers of the Flower Moon, so I just asked ChatGPT, should I ban the book Killers of the Flower Moon? Here is ChatGPT's response. As of my last knowledge update in January 2022, Killers of the Flower Moon is a nonfiction book written by David Grant that investigates a series of murders of wealthy Osage Native Americans in the 1920s. The book delves into the systematic targeting and killing of the Osage people for their oil wealth and the subsequent investigation of the newly formed FBI. Deciding whether to ban a book is a complex and sub- subjective matter. Generally, it is important to consider principles of freedom of speech and expression. Banning a book raises concerns about censorship and limits on an intellectual th- freedom. If there are concerns about the content of a book, it is often more constructive to engage in open discussions, debates, and educational efforts to address any issues or concerns. It may be helpful to understand the specific reasons why there are calls for banning the book and explore alternative approaches to addressing those concerns. Ultimately, the decision to ban a book should be made through a thoughtful and inclusive process, considering diverse perspectives and respecting the principles of intellectual freedom. If there are ongoing discussions or develops related to Killers of the Flower Moon since my last update, I recommend checking more recent sources for the latest information. I just think, like, okay, that's honestly not that bad. I know, but the, the, the line, ultimately the decision to ban a book should be made through a thoughtful and inclusive process, you is insane. <laughs> right, right. It's like, Actually, banning a book will never be an inclusive process. And, and respe- That's the whole thing. And respecting the principles of intellectual freedom. If you're respecting the principles of intellectual freedom, a book isn't banned. So, it could, I mean, it could have been a lot worse. You're yeah. right, Teddy, from that. But but I also, I, I phrased my question, should I ban the book, Killers of the Flower Moon, versus what Ashley was saying, which is like, does Killers of the Flower Moon say white people are bad or something like that, you know? Right. Which it's like, like, yeah, those yeah. white people were very bad. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Or, like, it's different than being like, is this book violent? You know? And the answer is yes. It's about violence. Yeah. Perpetrated against an oppressed people. Yeah. <laughs> but it's violent, for sure. Yeah. And, like, that's the sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyway. What? Chat GPT. Yeah. It doesn't know. So, Ashley, what have you found, two-pronged question, what can us as individuals do about book banning, if anything, and then what can, like, institutions do? Or, like, the group of, like, collective people do Mm -hmm. about 
book banning. Oh, golly. That's a loaded two-pronged question, if I've ever heard one. Um, (laughs) So I think the most important thing an individual can do to fight book banning is to first self-educate on how to, like, in how to read a book (laughs) and how to accept other people's points of views and either agree or let it go and think a thought instead of getting all flurried up and trying to like go to the most extreme option Uh, easier said than done that's like a lifelong skill you got to work towards you got to fight that every day so that's an ongoing thing for everybody um but in terms of actions if you are anti-book ban freedom of speech, reading, all that good stuff. I think the best thing you can do is, one, support your local public library um, through whatever means you feel is appropriate. You know, go there, spend time there, check out books, buffer their circ stats, um, get a library card, um, attend board meetings and speak out against any books that might be trying to be banned. you know, especially if it's like a Florida situation where the government is trying to step in, you know, write to your local school boards, your local government, go, go as high as you feel comfortable and vote. <laughs> vote for who you believe aligns with your interests, who will best support, you know, public libraries, knowledge of information, all that good stuff. Um, there's so much more you can do like this is not by any means an exhaustive list like (laughs) simply going to a library is helping like I think that's the easiest thing you can do and just so are are you saying that Teddy and I going into a competition with each other about who can check out the most books from the library is actually helping fight book bans (laughs) that's right that's right that's Um, right I will also jump in and say Um, your library is probably severely underfunded and if it is within your power to do so which is not everybody but if it is within your power to do so definitely Mm. (laughs) yeah yeah most public libraries have like their their fundraising arm the friends the friends find like if you are like i have this extra money because so many people have this extra money hanging around (laughs) and i I really want to give it to a library go on google and type in friends with blank and insert in the or sorry friends of blank and in the blank put the name of your library the friends of your library name is usually the fundraising arm of your library that will give money directly and so i i will say while we're still on like the individual subject that school libraries and public libraries are by and large the folks seeing the most book bans and fighting this fight and so thank you teddy for taking that sacrifice and public librarianship Uh (laughs) (laughs) anytime i am not brave enough yeah (laughs) me neither that shit's fucking hard, man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> but in terms of, like, collective action, I think from, you know, 
I'm a policy person in the office, so my answer is biased towards that. But I think what libraries can do, and this counts for not just like university libraries, but public libraries, if you can sneak this past your board of directors, like do it, a collection development policy that explicitly lays out what you're allowed to collect will give you the most power in writing to not ban things. Um, and then also, yeah. you know, we can collect in a library, as you were saying earlier, Teddy, um, things that make us as individuals maybe feel a little morally icky. Like, we would not personally want to collect this book, but we feel like we owe it to our patrons to collect this book. But we as librarians can also choose what we want to put our time and effort into promoting and displaying more. Um, so putting a spotlight on, you know, classic books that have been banned, like think Kill a Mockingbird, stuff like that, speaking out about why, like the education portion of it, I think is a very like collaborative, collective librarian thing that we can continue to do. Um, because I know so many libraries are underfunded, understaffed, and it just feels like one poor little librarian like trying their best to do the best for their patrons. And that's really, really hard. <laughs> so yeah, I think like, absolutely again, much easier said than done. And Sarah and I both come from the perspective of working at a university library, which means we have that extra layer of protection provided by working for a private institution where these bans don't really come to us because we're collecting for different reasons. Yeah. And I have like, you know, it's interesting because I have real concerns about like what could ever happen at not just our academic institution, but any academic institution is if the the like fundraising part of the institution accepts money from a person who is like, but I want the X, Y, and Z things to change and have a perspective. And that is a scary part to me is like those funds that in like a time where schools like academic institutions by and large, the small private academic institution is slowly failing. Um, that feels like a risk. So like having your policy that about what we can and cannot have in our collection is very helpful. It's like, do it now before yeah. it. Like if you can sneak that in there, do it. <laughs> It'll hold up in court. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a lawyer. I cannot provide legal advice, but get it in writing either way. <laughs> On that happy note, <laughs> we're all, we're all feeling good. We're all feeling optimistic. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Ashley, I believe you have a game for us to play. I do. Arbitrary book ban game. <laughs> um, oh, arbitrary point book ban game. Let me correct myself. <laughs> because the book bans are not arbitrary. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have collected a small little list of books that have been banned. I picked books that were banned 2020 and earlier. Okay. Because I think the the amount of book bans after 2020 really skews the data for the game alone. <laughs> so <laughs> for my own made-up rules, I, I discounted anything after 2020. Okay. So I have a list of reasons why a book may be banned. I'm going to pop it into the chat. There are 31 reasons. Oh my god. And some of them sound the same. Okay. 
which I think just furthers our point that book bans are kind of fake and made up. Yeah. Some of these things are just the same or are contradictory to one another. I'm so excited (laughs) to play this horrible horrible game. Uh. Uh, trigger warning? Yeah. Yeah. Every, just, every, yes. For everything. For everything. <laughs> just general warning. Um, right off the bat, discusses suicide. Transgender character, unsuited for age group, promotes Christianity, sex education, profanity, use of the N-word, sexual content, drug use, anti-family, political viewpoint, promotes Islam, smoking, gambling, occult, alcoholism, gender identity, atheism, racial issues, pro-communist, LGBTQIA plus content, author misconduct, nudity, depiction of torture, racism, violence, poorly written, religious viewpoint, controversial issues, corrupts youth, and last but not least, anti-police. Shout out to poorly written. Imagine writing a book. <laughs> Imagine writing a book and people are like, you know what? You wrote it so bad that I want to ban it. Be bad. I yeah. saw that on the list and I went, oh. <laughs> it, it's the silliest reason on there, in my opinion. Like, I've read some bad books. Mm. <laughs> I wouldn't ban any of them. <laughs> so, I don't know. It, thoughts on the list? I just poorly written. Shout out. is killing me. Yeah. Um, um, gender identity also is like. That was a good one. Yeah, that right. Was a if there is a gender identity in this book, banned. Right. Uh, I'm like thinking about all the books that I read as a kid that were like about women being women, you know? Right? Banned. 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 Immediately. Right. Um, also, just having a political viewpoint. Banned. Banned. Yes. <laughs> banned. Right. You got to be real sneaky with your political viewpoints. Your- I, lo- yes. I also love McCarthyism. Pro-communist. Pro-communist. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it can, however, be anti-communist, unless of that's course. too much of a political viewpoint. Yes. <laughs> okay, so what we're you know, learning from the list is that it's a bunch of contradictory nonsense. Yeah. Right? Let's, so, like, the, the reason to ban one book is a reason to therefore ban every book basically promotes christianity and then also atheism is down there too is on there too so it can safely promote judaism no that one's not on there (laughs) (laughs) i think i think but it is a religious viewpoint so Uh, that's on there right so it's so weird that the other two are like explicitly that no goes but judaism just falls under the umbrella category Oh, yes, it's I like love- the Dewey Decimal System of book banning. It's like if it's not, if it's not Christianity, it's like, it's sub- like subject whatever. headings, like right? Yeah, subject headings parentheses cursed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So these were presented in no particular order. Like there's not a hierarchy here. It's just all soup. It's all soup. Um, so I have a handy dandy sticky note. See to keep points for you guys. So here are the rules. I have five books and two, two and a half bonus questions if we need a tiebreaker. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the points go, if you have read the banned book, you automatically get a point. Oh. So those are freebies. Ooh. Uh. <laughs> and I, okay, so I will, I'll give a disclaimer. I ran this, I only picked books that my husband had heard of. And he had also read most of them, so I feel like we're in an area where most of these should be free points. And we're going to do this where I'm going to give you the book and the author, and then you're going to take turns guessing 
why the book was banned. Okay. So there's... I'll also give you, like, the number of reasons the book was banned. Mm. And if you guess correctly, you may guess again. Okay. So you could just... You could swipe the whole thing if you guess correctly. But is, if you is, guess wrong, it goes to the other person. Is this list... Is this list the, like, controlled vocabulary it of is. reasons? It is. It oh. is the controlled oh, vocabulary. Yeah. Okay, so Ashley needs to be the game master for every episode of I, our podcast. I love a little game. <laughs> Okay, hit us with our first one. Let's go. Yeah. All right. So your first book um, pulled from 2020's banned book list is Stamped, Racism, Anti-Racism, and You by Abram X. Kendi and Jason Reynolds. Can you, have you read I it? I haven't read it either, Teddy. I can no, see your face. I, I'm so embarrassed. No, I haven't read it. I've kind of But you know what book I'm times. talking about. Yes. Okay. Yes. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. That was that was one of the books that the little girls were reading, like the Aww. the like, but the one that's like the stamped for kids one. Yes, yeah. I think there's also going to be like a docu series or something coming out Sick. soon about it. Yeah. In case so. anyone is like interested, they have stamped for kids, for young adults, and adults. There is no just pick one and read it, which is advice to both Sarah and I as well. <laughs> <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I have also not read this one. It's okay. been on my like list of things to like further my I'm surprised I didn't get it assigned at some point in grad school to yeah. be perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah, same yeah. actually. Yeah. Okay, um, who gets to guess first? Let's So guess. there are, there are two 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 reasons. Yeah. Okay. Out of the 31. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't decide who gets to go first. So if you guys just want to like duke it out, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> Teddy, take it. Take okay. it. Okay. I'm torn between racial issues and racism. <laughs> right, um, because those are very different. They are different. And also because I can't decide if it's more likely that it's banned just because it talks about race or if it's banned because people think it's racist against white people. Mm, <laughs> um, this because, is a very important distinction. <laughs> yes. I think. I'm going to go with the worst case scenario and say racism. Eh. Oh, oh, all right. Sorry, Sarah. is the buzzer okay? I got excited. I love the buzzer. Yes. Give, it, give it every time. Okay. <laughs> I was going to pick racial issues. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, okay. ding. Okay. Do we like the sound effects? I can Yeah, I love the yes. sound effects. Okay. And I will say that I'm pleased <laughs> that it wasn't racism, but right. yes, good. So racial issues is one of the two reasons. Yeah. So Sarah, you may guess again. I am going to pick political viewpoint. Ah, eh. oh, damn it. <laughs> Party. What if I said controversial issues? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, <laughs> yeah. nice. Okay. I don't know what controversial issues means because it's an the issue racial is controversial issues. to yeah. everybody yes. like it's <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay and uh, ashley where are we with the points at this moment in time right now you are <laughs> tied, tied. Right? yeah you both guessed one thing correctly one to one here we one go. to one so if we continue just the the podcast trend of you guys being tied i will just keep coming up with questions <laughs> until one of you wins great <laughs> okay all right. The next book is also from the 2020 band book list. It is Speak by Lori H. Anderson. Oh, yes, I've read this book. All right, I've read this book. <laughs> I haven't read it. I know oh, what it's man. about. I'm very familiar with it. I haven't read it. What am I here? 
I fun fact, I read every book by Lori Hulse Anderson when I was like 12 and my teen librarian at my lo- local library growing up went to the ALA conference and Lori Hulse Anderson was sitting in front of her at the conference and she tapped her on the shoulder and said, "I'm so sorry to bother you, but one of my teens loves your book so much. Can you give me her your autograph to give her?" And she brought me back Lori Hulse Anderson's autograph. That's so nice. That's true love. I know. That's yeah. true that love right there. Shout out the teen librarians of this world, you know? Bless you the all. Youth, the youth librarians, I know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yes, I have read that book. All right. Perfect. I think that means you get to go first, Sarah. I agree. Okay. 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 Um, interesting. Oh, wait. How no. many How there many are there? There are three. There are okay. three. Okay. There are three. Okay. Well, number one, I'm going to go with Discusses Suicide. Eh. No. no. What? Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to come out of the gate and say smoking. Eh. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, wait, do we stop if we both get it wrong? Or do we keep no, going? no, no, we're, we're going. going. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then I will go with, um, controversial issues. Eh. Oh. Okay. Um, sexual content. Ding, ding, ding. Party. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, unsuited for age group. Eh. Oh, that was gonna be my next one. Okay. Interesting. Corrupts youth. No. No. I'm failing at this. Wow. Game. Maybe this book should be like super banned, you guys. I know. Okay. <laughs> well, it's violence. a complicated book. My guess is violence. Yes. Eh. Oh, no. My God. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Um. How about nudity? Eh. Oh my gosh. Okay. And take a stab and say that they do do drugs. Is it drug use? Mm-mm. Party. Okay, so we've done sexual content, so now I'm gonna say sex education. Eh. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're gonna do run you, out. Do you need I, a hint? I don't know how to view. I no, think you need no, a hint how we're just going. It. Okay, no one's gay, right? Is it LGBTQIA content? Oh. Eh. No. <laughs> a- anti 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 family. Eh. Oh, what? <laughs> what the literal fuck is a depiction of torture? Eh. <laughs> this is crazy. I'm having way too much fun. <laughs> okay, wait. Prof- profanity? Ding, ding, ding. Uh, yeah. I think it might have been your turn, Teddy. No, it wasn't. It was yours. No, that's good. Uh, okay. A profanity. Okay, so just one more. Okay. okay. It's yours again, I don't Sarah, think. So. I don't yeah. think the N-word is in that book. No sexual content. Or we did sexual content already. We already got that. Drug- Sarah. Sarah. Contra. I thought I already said we that. We already said that one. Issues. Oh. Yeah, I did say controversial <laughs> issues. That was my first one, oh, I think. No. What was my second I think one? So. Oh, never mind. Okay. okay like, I don't know how poorly written. I don't eh. know. Jesus I don't even fucking know. Christ. Okay. It does start with a P, and it's two words, and it's vague. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it political viewpoint? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Round okay. Round two update on the points. Are we tied again? We're three for three. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Shout one. out to twelve year old Sarah. Her her main genre was trouble lit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. The next one. Is, let me hold on. I forgot how to do math. It has seven reasons, and it has seven oh. reasons because it was on the banned book list twice. 
Once in 2018 okay. and once in 2020. And the reasons were so fun, I had to count both. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. So the book is The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexi. Mm. I have read that. All right. Point for Teddy. I, I d- don't remember if I read that or not. No so, point no for point you. For no Sarah. point for Sarah. Yeah. No point. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no point for me. So uh, there are seven reasons, and yes, Teddy, you get to go first. Great. I read it forever ago, but let's let's do it. I know one is author misconduct. Correct. Yes. yes. Oh. You yeah. Are right. Sherman Alexi actually did do a bad thing. Yes. Um, oh. <laughs> okay. Wow. Great. Profanity. Correct. Oh, damn it. Uh, <laughs> um. Ba, ba, ba. Racial issues. Eh. Ooh. Oh, okay. Right, you think it, it's in the title, you think, but no. You would think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Political viewpoint. Eh. Oh, fuck. Um. Discusses suicide? Eh. Controversial issues. Eh. Unsuited for age group. Eh. Oh my god. Um, racism. Eh. Drug use. Eh. Religious viewpoint. Ding ding ding. Oh, Ooh. what's the religious viewpoint? I don't know. I've not read it either. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Okay. I'm not keeping points uh, for myself. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Sarah. Um, occult. Eh. Anti-family. Eh. Atheism. Eh. Oh my god. Alcoholism? Ding, ding, ding. Violence. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, mm. how many are left? I think two, right? Yes, we have two left. Corrupts youth. Eh. Have we already guessed nudity? Eh. <laughs> Sorry, I took that <laughs> as a guess. <laughs> Teddy. Okay. <laughs> Back to you. Is it anti-police? Eh. I've never read this book, so I'm just going to go out on a limb and say use of the N-word. Eh. Atheism. Eh. Okay, I will. Poorly, uh, Do you want yeah. to? Poorly hint? written. No. Eh. <laughs> okay, give the hint, Ashley. Okay, the two hints are one is very similar to nudity, which you already guessed. Sure. And oh. one is very similar to alcoholism, which you already guessed. Sexual content. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> is it smoking? Eh. Mm. The heck? Sarah, That's help. what I was gonna say. Yeah. It's okay. it's another addiction. Okay. Gambling. Ding ding ding! You got it. Okay. Here we go. That's Woo! all. Of them. Ooh, seven. Woo! The list gets That's... confusing at seven. I will say. It, yes. <laughs> it was just so many fun things. I was like, we gotta do them all. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The twenty twenty. Uh, banning of this book was only for profanity, sexual conduct, and or sexual content and an author misconduct. The other were four were from 2018. Wild. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Do we need a point total? Yes. Yeah. Teddy's ahead. Teddy is ahead. He has nine, and Sarah, you have five. Yeah. Heavy lead. All Heavy right. lead. Yeah. So the next one, the next couple I think may perhaps be easier to guess, but maybe I'm just jinxing you. Uh, this is a series of books specifically from 2019, 
It is only okay. banned for two reasons on the 2019 list, and it is, of course, the Harry Potter series by okay. the she who shall not be named. Um, there are two reasons. I I know you both have read these, so there's your freebie points. <laughs> Sarah can go first. Occult. Ding, ding, ding. And author misconduct. Eh. I oh, See, this is why I wanted to include this one, because I was like, it's not but it should be. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one reason to ban those damn books, it's that. <laughs> Corrupts youth. Eh. Anti-family. Eh. Is it poorly written? Eh. Political viewpoint. Eh. Depiction of torture. Eh. Controversial issues. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, <laughs> yes. Barney, way to go, Sarah. So at the end of that round, Sarah, you have eight Teddy, you have 10, so we're closing the gap a little bit for our last round. From the 2016 band book list, we have Looking for Alaska by John Green. I had to throw him in here as a staunch proponent of anti-book banning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got it. Uh, we've both read that book. Yeah, Good. because we had to okay. read it for school. <laughs> oh. So I also included it as like a YA book that's been a pretty hot topic recently, like all yeah. of John Green's books have been. Um, so there are five reasons, and Sarah is the underdog. You get first dibs. Discusses suicide. Eh. Smoking. Ding, ding, ding. Alcoholism. Ding, ding, ding. Damn it! Unsuited for age group. Ding, ding, ding. This oh, <laughs> sucks. Uh, sexual content? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> uh... Eh. Okay, let me get one point back here. Profanity. Eh. You'd think, though. You would think. Yeah. Corrupts. Also discusses suicide, but whatever. Corrupts youth. Eh. Anti-family. Eh. Controversial issues. Eh. Atheism. Eh. Racial issues. Eh. Drug use? Ding, ding, ding. You got oh, it. Yeah. We do smoking, smoking, drinking, and drug use. Point count before we go into bonus round questions. Sarah, you have 10. Teddy, you have 15. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Let's say that I won. And then let's also do the bonus questions. <laughs> You're so annoying. But I, but I won. I'll, I'll, I'll make a little divider on my post-it note so we know the bonus points go somewhere else. How about that? Bonus points are what is, by most accounts, the most frequently banned book and the two reasons why. I think I have a guess, but I'm going to say, is it To Kill a Mockingbird? No, it's not. That's up there. It's like number either, it's somewhere in the top five, but it's not Ugh. number one. Okay, Teddy, you're up. Diary of Anne Frank? No. Is it Beloved by Toni Morrison? Nope. No. She She's up there as one of the most banned authors as well. Uh, but no, it's uh, 1984. Oh. Laura Dorwell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you okay, want to okay. guess the two reasons why? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, po- political viewpoint? Uh-uh. Pro-communist. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Duh. Atheism. Eh. It's not a religious one. Um, controversial issues. Eh. 
violence. Eh. Oh, I kn I know what it is. I know what it is. Anti police. Eh. <gasps> is it corrupts youth? Eh. Okay, just give it to us. Just give it to us. It's it's just plain old sexual content. Oh my god. All right, what's the next bonus question? Hit us with it. So, according to my general gathering of multiple sources, who do you think the most frequently banned author is based on, like, the number of titles and their appearance in the, like, 100 most banned books? Mm-hmm. Well, we know that George Orwell's the most, uh, has the book that's banned most Correct. frequently. and it's not him. It's not him. It's and not, it's not anyone not... you've already listed while guessing for 1984. Okay, most banned author. Suddenly I don't know any <laughs> authors. They are usually considered to be a children's book author. I think I think they run like children's to YA. I'm not I think their books are classified differently depending depending on where you look, but they can kind of fall in the children's middle grade YA spectrum. I think for most of the stuff that gets banned. Uh, I'm just gonna do a wild guess because I don't don't know, and I'm gonna say Suzanne Collins. No, because <laughs> she's on she's on my mind. Same. Like I've never heard of Kate DiCamillo getting a banned book. It is a woman. Good. Okay. We both guessed yeah. ladies. I, I was trying not to give it away with pronouns, but I was like, oh, no, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> we need help. Um. <laughs> oh, can you give us a hint? She was named one of the 100 most influential people in the world by Time Magazine this year. This year? <laughs> this year. This year. And it's not J.K. Rowling. She has written some adult fiction, but most of her well-known stuff is, like, children's middle grade, yet YA. Is it Lee Bardugo? Nope. <laughs> Didn't she write Ninth House? No. Not her. <laughs> she also wrote all the YA books. Like, Six of Crows, blah, blah, blah. Give me another hint. She published her first book in 1969. Are we stupid? I think we're a little dumb. <laughs> Is it Margaret Atwood? That flies in the face of the children's thing. I just had to guess. Would Do you think we would have read her books? Like, in our age group? Sarah, I'm pretty sure you have, like, told me about some of her books before. Like, talked about one of them, maybe? Is it the lady who wrote Among the Hidden? What's her name? All right, one more hint. Like, do you do you want a book? Like, yeah, give me a obvious? book. All right, she in nine. It's Judy Bloom. It's Judy Bloom. Oh, it's Judy Bloom. It's Judy Bloom. <laughs> of course, that's fucking embarrassing. Actually, I swear you were just talking about "Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret" at work the other day, and we were uh, talking about forever. Forever. Oh my God, with the hand job. When do you think was the earliest like? publicly recommend recognized like book banning period in this in the world in the world like on the historical record what is commonly referred to as like probably the first instance of a well-known book banning so an actual book so it'd probably be post post printing press maybe <laughs> no <laughs> no remember we're using book ban as like banning of ideas as okay. well okay. to a certain extent when you're I looking at like the full picture the crusades earlier earlier than the crusades yeah i'm gonna do the year 700 in the common era 
You're still too early. You're okay. still too late. A thousand BCE. <laughs> you're you're now equidistance between your guesses. <laughs> Three hundred BCE. It was between two fifty nine and two ten BC. The then Chinese emperor buried alive four hundred and sixty Confucian scholars to control the writing of history in his time. He burned all the books in his kingdom, retaining only a single copy of each for the royal library, and those were destroyed before his death because he believed by doing all of this, history would start with him. Wow. Nothing has changed. <laughs> Nothing has changed. <laughs> Humans are so messed up. Like, we're Yeah, what? we're kind of fucked. Yeah. Okay. So what's our point total giving Sarah that amazing point? Let's count that double for Judy Bloom because that was fucking crazy. Total count. Sarah, if we count your Judy Bloom as two points, Which we should. you have 12 total. Uh-huh. And Teddy, you have 16. Ugh. Well done. Looking well, for Alaska no really prizes. did it for me. Yeah, okay. It really did. <laughs> um, okay, fabulous. Well, I learned a lot about the vagaries of book fans. Uh, thank you so much, Ashley. It's also just hilarious that we could name so many reasons for books that were not the reason that it got picked to get banned. Like, yeah. if you're listening to, if you happen to listen to this podcast and um, you believe in book banning, don't don't use don't. It's not a suggestion. Yeah, it's not a suggestion <laughs> list. Exactly. Yeah. So Ashley, we play a game as you know every week, um, and this is our first. Uh, game post hiatus for the sci-fi and fantasy season um, where we keep points based on what you're reading now and where you got it Uh, if you get it from Amazon or equivalent nonsense you get minus two points Uh, if you get it from Barnes and Noble Walmart Target you know your basic big box retailers you don't get any points um if you get it from an indie bookstore we'll give you half a point and if you get it from the library you get one full point um and so my question for you is what are you reading and where did you get it oh i sarah knows this am reading fires of vengeance by evan winters nice because i read rage of dragons and checked them both out from the library at the same time while a friend was visiting. So I have read too many pages about an angry man <laughs> in a row right now. And curvy women. And, and curvy, curvy women. women. Okay, I will say the sequel so far has not used the adjective curvy once. So Woo-hoo! give him that. Party. Give him yes. that. Okay. So, <laughs> but I got it from the Beeple, the BPL. The Beeple, <laughs> love the Beeple. Um. So traditionally that would give you one whole point, but because we want to thank you for being such a fabulous guest on our podcast, you get a trillion points. Congratulations. A bazillion points. Yeah, absolutely. I love fake points. Who doesn't? Teddy, what are you reading right now? I am reading Learned by Heart by Emma Donahue, which if anyone has ever seen the show Gentleman Jack is essentially Gentleman Jack fan fiction. Um, It is about Anne Lister. Um, Anne Lister was like this very 
interesting historical figure. She was a landlord. She inherited Shipton Hall from her uncle in Halifax. Um, and she was also a raging lesbian. Um, and she got up to a lot of gay antics in her time. Um, Gentleman Jack focuses on her as an adult, but Learned by Heart is about her school time love with Eliza Ring. Um, it's good. It's really good. Uh, nice. And I got it from the library. I'm listening to it on Libby. Sarah? I'm reading Burn It Down, Power, Complicity, and a Call for Change in Hollywood by Maureen Ryan. Fab. Yeah. That yeah. sounds good. And it is good. You know, just not happy. No. <laughs> and right before that, I read, um, Teddy, you're going to laugh at me. I read Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> And then I went into this and I'm like, okay, I am very excited to read my next Ursula K. Le Guin book. Somebody get Sarah a cozy book stat. Something I know. nice and light and fun. Well, thanks for coming, Ashley. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for the game. Thank you for listening. You can find us at at Shelving Cart on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube. And you can email us at at Shelving Cart at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shelving Cart. Shelving Cart was created, written, and recorded by Sarah and Teddy, edited by Sarah, and the theme music is by Kate Gardine. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please rate and review us on any of your podcast listening apps. We greatly appreciate it.